Welcome everyone to another edition of the Fierce Telecom Podcast. My name is Alejandro Pinero here at Fierce. And once again, I have a great person to speak to this week. I've actually been looking forward to this one for quite a while. And it's my pleasure to have Andy Klein, president and CEO of Visible, joining me here today. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to be here. Great. Well, Angie, let's um, start at the top here. I've heard quite a bit about Visible. I'm not sure uh, those listening have, although they probably should have by now. Um, and a little bit about yourself. So let's start, I guess, with your uh, career and how you've ended up here as president and CEO of uh, Visible. And then we'll probably focus a lot more on your vision for Visible and where you guys are at the moment. Yeah, um, well, I can't wait to talk a lot about Visible. Um, I feel like that's far more exciting part of the conversation than my career. But um, I have been in telecom my entire career. So I'd like to say I've been fiercely in telecom my entire career. I joined Verizon. It's actually been a little over 20 years ago now. Um, and I've spent my the last 20 years in very, very various different roles across the um, our giant corporation, um, started much of my time in the early days in the wireline side of the business um, and was even on the original Fios business case that built our fiber optic network in the Northeast and was on that startup team that made Fios happen and really took on the MSOs um, in really, I think, spectacular fashion and made the industry as a whole better uh, for home broadband and for TV at the time. And I think about that now a lot when we talk about Visible, about it being a startup within Verizon. I've been part of these, these, these roles multiple times in my career. I was a lot younger and earlier in my career in the Fios days. But, but frankly, that's really what built um, the career I have today and continued to rise at different levels, leading to lots of different parts of marketing and sales and operations um, in that wireline side and then I spent a lot of time just in creative marketing. And then for the last four years, prior to my visible role, I actually let all of our value prop work on the wireless side um, and then subsequently picked up home again. Um, so mix and match is one of my, my legacies on the Verizon side. And that was really insightful into what we were doing for family plans um, and what we weren't, um, I'd say, delivering for what the consumers needed in the market, which was there were different needs in the families. And we were providing like one plan that everybody had to take. If even if you had a family of four and the entire industry was doing that. And so with mix and match, what we created was different choices of unlimited plans with different features and bringing in Apple music and Disney and the Disney bundle and um, gaming and all these elements that made, I'd say Verizon even much more compelling. And we found revenue streams to grow, continue to grow even in an unlimited world. And, I take that a lot of that to heart now when I'm looking at what we're building with Visible is how are you designing a value prop for a segment that is being underserved or not well served today? And that's really what Visible's core strength is, is, is focusing on a market that I think the rest of the industry is ignoring. Yeah, and I guess that's where the complementary fashion of Visible with Verizon as a whole comes in, right? Because you you might wonder why Verizon needs Visible to exist, but in a way you're you're kind of building a proposition for that market that um, that needs a, a very tailored and specific product, and I'm sure we can get into some detail on that. And and what I think is actually really interesting as well, having spoken now to to a lot of people in the industry, is that you come from a marketing background, right? So so that that should really you know I imagine that um, 
that changes the way that you look at how visible works and, and not so much from that technical perspective, but from your positioning, right? How do you, how do you place the brand in a way that resonates with your uh, target persona and your, your target um, client? So how, how does that map out? So, so how do you make visible stand out in what is effectively a crowded space? You know, there, there's plenty of, You've got the big carriers, you know, obviously Verizon, one of them. You've got your regional ones. You've got your MVNOs. Where does Visible sit there? And, and how does your marketing brain, in a way, um, you know, help you uh, put your brand in the right place? I, I love the question because I think, you know, there's a portfolio of brands. And now that Verizon also is um, closed in our deal with buying TrackPhone, we're, you know, multi-brand portfolio. And a lot of their, I get a lot of questions even internally about what's the intent of that? And, you know, I led segment marketing before, and that's probably the biggest insight I have as a leader is there are different needs out in the market and you cannot solve them all um, with, you know, the most premium brand, which is Verizon. Verizon is the Mm -hmm. most premium brand in the market, the absolute best of the best and provides choices, but it isn't right for everybody. And then you have, you know, from the other two carriers of T-Mobile and AT&T, they all kind of fall into the similar similar category there. And then you have like, let's say the prepaid world. And that has been a much more value segment focused, but there's no one really focusing on what we're doing here at Invisible, which is a digital centric generation. So millennials and Gen Zs that don't need retail stores, that don't want all the overhead costs. They're savvy customers, they're smart. And so I, we call them kind of value by choice. They're just smarter customers. They don't need to pay for all the bells and whistles of 24-7 call center support and store support because that's ultimately what drives costs up. And we can streamline all that out, become what we call radically simple um, and be digital only. And then we're also focused on a segment that I think for me as a marketer is the most exciting. The entire industry, prepaid, postpaid, everyone is focused on family plans. And so when I came into Visible, um, we were talking a lot about what our core strengths were. And I'm like, you guys are sitting on a gold mine. And so leading that really from a marketing angle to say, how do we how do we start talking to the market to let them know who we are? A third of the wireless market today is a single line play. But if you see any ad in the industry, it's all about a four line price. And I'm like, come on, guys, we can tell everybody they don't have to pay $60 a month for unlimited or $70. They can pay 25 with visible, they just I mean they don't have to have stores. And like, there's a huge segment, and I'm in I'm in that segment, right? And I I'm proud of being in that segment. I'm like, there, no one's talking to single people today, so let's own singles. Visible is the right. So when you think about people coming off their parents' plan after college, you know that's like this tied into we're a great opportunity there. Um, and I don't need to go to a store. You probably don't need to go to a store. And so we we really kind of embraced that and said, let's challenge the industry and become kind of a hybrid model, which it's not prepaid. It's not postpaid. It's somewhere in the middle. It's the best of both. We just take out all that overhead call centers and stores and costs and radically simplify it to bring our costs down and unlimited data, unlimited hotspot, you know, it's call and text nationwide. It's great. And we have device financing with our partner, a firm, but a lot of our customers bring their own device. People are also savvy in this segment about figuring out where they want to buy a device or, and more people are keeping their devices for three to four years now and aren't in that model of needing to have a, a price point that covers these promotional offers that, that subsidize their device. So I think we're really going after that savvy, smart customer. And 
we can do that in a really fun way and owning it. I don't know if you've seen our new ad campaign that we launched um, in the last like 60 days, but it's really focused on, you know, the juxtaposition of I always joke my sister's life who has four children in a chaotic household <laughs> and in mine, which is, you know, family plan savings without all the family drama. And we, we did it tongue in cheek, but uh, this family that's, you know, continues to have more kids to get more wireless savings, you know, we don't, we don't need you to do that when you're with visible. So. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, I, this is when I have to admit, I haven't set foot in a cellular carrier store in many years um, because you can do everything online. Um, I mean, just the thought of going in and having to figure everything out without being able to check on your phone or compare on your, on the internet, different plans. It sounds a bit, overwhelming to me but you know it's it sounds like i'm not the only one um and so as you talk about the simplification of plans and taking out all those overheads and, and keeping things simple i i wonder to myself is there some learning here that then verizon could potentially take on board you know are you guys perhaps setting a bit of a trend um that they can learn from i i can understand there's those differences in the in the brand and the positioning but surely there's something to learn there no for your parent company for, for sure i mean i think that the one thing that we are focused on is there is a segment of customers that will never need a store you're probably one of them by the way like but there's also a huge segment that verizon serves a massive cross population of the market and they have a lot of customers that still prefer that face-to-face -face interaction, and we're there to serve them where they want to be served in the Verizon ecosystem. So Visible then says, hey, if you don't want that, you know, the model is designed to be for you. And, and then with our track phone brands, there's an entire different model, like where it's, you know, a lot more, you know, phone in the box or picking up at Walmart is a great partner of us on the track phone brand. So I, I'm a huge supporter of multiple brands that are really centered on specific segments and meeting their needs head on. Certainly Verizon is investing a lot in becoming even better and serving people digitally, serving the, the customer set digitally, but that's not at the expense of taking away stores. It's, the, it's more at an omni-channel approach. That's the difference between what we're doing with Visible is we don't need the omni-channel. We're doing a digital um, focused approach, uh, focused on a segment that really wants that and wants to be that savvy customer that doesn't need, need that you know, need even the ability ever to go to a store. We don't have the, we don't have that ability for you to go to a store. So that's where we stand. And we're also leaning into technology, whether it's AI, you know, a predictive modeling, those kind of elements that I do think both Verizon and Visible will do. Visible will do them almost exclusively, where Verizon will do them in context of a number of other things that we're going to do in an omni setting. You know, with eSIM is another example where. Visible has leaned in earlier and often I've actually been on record to say I want to be one of the first, if not the first carrier in the globe that's 100% eSIM. Um, because the, the customer segment that we're already well over 20% of our gross ads are on electronic SIM. They're smart. Like our customers are savvy enough. They don't need the physical SIM. They're not going to the store. And we can get people to switch to us. And we even have a network free trial now. So if you're on T-Mobile today and you want to save money, but you're kind of maybe worried, that's one of the things that's great about Visible too is we're on Verizon's network, you know, so we're by Verizon, we're a retail brand of Verizon. So we get the benefit of the, the, the glorious Verizon network. But, you know, some people think the price point's too good to be true. So we've created a network free trial where certainly anybody with a iPhone 11 and above can test us out for free, even while they keep their T-Mobile subscription. And I think that's a really good way to say, 
hey, test us out. Um, we're here to convince you that we're worth switching to. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Now, thinking a little bit about what you were talking about, that, that singles market and, and, of course, those tongue-in-cheek uh, ads that you guys have put out, which are absolutely brilliant. I, I urge anyone listening in to, to look, those, uh, look those up. Where else could this translate to, right? You know, you're talking about a savvy customer. Is this a trend that you're seeing across the board when you look at the different market segments that would it, would be attracted to a brand like Visible? Or are you really just, you know, focusing on, on this segment, uh, trying to get that singles market engaged and, and then, you know, working up from there? Or do you see this more as a universal offering that you can then, you know, expand on? So... I think with segment marketing, to me, you always need to be known for something that doesn't mean you don't, then you get licensed to expand. Um, and so that's, that's the way I would say I would approach this is we want to be known as being really our design target um, for the single market. That said, um, there are a lot of single account owners in wireless that aren't necessarily single, right? So I think we want to make sure that we understand that definition is there's a lot of people that might be married or in a couple and they have, um, you know, one of the, one of the people in the relationship is on their corporate account and the other one's still paying a direct single. So that doesn't mean you're personally always single you know, or not in a relationship. Right. It means that you're overpaying for a single line for wireless. And so that message, you know, our marketing might be more focused on directly those people that are actually identifying as singles, but the, the actual value prop applies more broadly. And even for two line accounts, we are still price really, really price effective. You get unlimited everything and it's $25 a month. Um, and that's all in taxes and fees included. It's like a subscription, you know, so just like your Spotify account, you pay it every month. If you decide not to pay next month, it shuts off. It's not, you know, it's not a, a heavy um, billing. We have only, only um, electronic bills, no paper bills, you know, all those kind of elements. But when we look at our, our customer base, economically, they, they rival our postpaid customers. They're just smart customers. And so we want to service everybody to say our, our second part of our mission, you know, if I look at our mission, it's we're here to reimagine what wireless should be radically simple, fundamentally, fundamentally accessible and audaciously inclusive. So we're a socially impact led brand the, you know, um, fundamentally accessible, I, I think runs the gamut of being both accessible for those with disabilities, but also on a financial basis, you don't need to overpay. We strip, we strip all those bells and whistles and those extra features out to bring it really down to what you really need. And then you can choose if you want to buy, you know, Netflix, go do that on your own. Like don't pay extra for it or a premium for it um, because it happens to be in your plan. And that's really what we're, we're out to do and set out to challenge the industry to say, there's a lot of norms that have been created. It's very homogenized in certain aspects now. How do we take all those pain points that people don't love about the industry and turn them on their head? And, and what I love is that I'm under Verizon. Verizon's my parent. And they're saying, challenge us, challenge ourselves, because we don't want to be looking at something that someone else can come disrupt us later. Um, so we're disrupting from within and really creating um, solutions that, that meet needs of customers that aren't being met by the industry today. Mm-hmm. That that's a uh, well, that's a great answer. I, I think I had a question for you that actually goes nicely with what you just talked about because I wanted to ask you what 
success would look like for you whenever it might be that you take on another challenge, right? What, what would your ideal legacy be once you, you, you move on from, from visible or from this role? And I ask because you talk about the mission and, and you know, you have these three pillars. Is that how you personally measure the, the impact that you're having, uh, whether it's on visible or, or the industry more generally? Yeah. What, what does success look like to you for this role? Well, there's a, there's a lot, and I will tell you that the the pressure I have on myself and my team, but also um, for the larger Verizon, is to become a big, big part of our story in Verizon. And you know, our, our vision for the company is to be the most loved brand of the digital generations. You know, when we think about wireless brands, cable brands, any of that, like no one loves them. I mean, your yeah. Verizon is actually very well respected, right? Because, you know, we have the best network. We have a great customer experience in Verizon. But to be a loved brand is to take that to a different level. And so to me, that is, is our goal is to be kind of for our members, with our members, helped being defined and created and evolved with our members' input. But ultimately, for the Verizon side, for the corporate side, is to become a, a really kind of disruptive factor in the industry but also in a way that we keep our cost model so low that our margin profile is very similar to the, the strength of Verizon, but at a lower revenue price point for consumers. So it's a benefit for our members. It's a benefit for Verizon. And, and I think overall, it'll benefit the industry as a whole. Yeah. And, and I think you're tackling quite the challenge. I, I read somewhere that, um, you know, telecoms is is scored pretty low from the consumer's point of view historically. I mean, it seems like the touch points for for us as an industry seem to be when something's wrong with your bill or you've run out of data. It's it's never quite a, a positive uh, interaction or, or it doesn't seem to be. So it seems like, um, you know, even your logo has a, a smiley face on it, right? So hopefully that's, that's the, the start of a, a different conversation, right? Not just call me when you have a problem. We're, we're, you know, hopefully a bit more of a personable experience for your customer, I'm guessing. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of, part of our corporate values, that that emoticon of our smiley face, that's part of our, our, even our logo is fun. Like we don't have to make this, I mean, yes, we run a serious business, but we can have a hell of a lot of fun when we're doing it. And part of that is bringing our members into the conversation, into a community to help build it. And I think there's been some great, Examples across the globe, like GifGaf and the UK has done a great job bringing in, you know, community and their their members and their customers to help build, you know, a challenger brand of the industry. And that's really what we want our members to be as well. And, you know, we, we won't get everything right, but as long as we listen and we learn and we pivot and we move and we make it better the next time, and that's our real goal. And, and I think part of our mission being radically simple is taking away all the things that make telecom hard for a lot of customers to understand or just, you know, um, almost intentionally complicated because of how the promo structures work and all that. And, you know, how do we just break through all that and be really honest and transparent with our customers about here's how things are, here's what your device costs, here's what your service costs. And you make the choice. And we, we've created this really, really clear value prop that there's no hiding um, well, I said, we always make our, we even make our lawyers be as human as possible you know, <laughs> in, our, in our disclaimers and in our, um, the way that we have to sh share things. And, you know, they take that seriously. Our entire team takes that seriously, but we also take that emoticon and the fun part seriously too. 
No, that that's great, and and I think that comes across in in dealing with your team. So I can certainly attest to that. Um, Angie, can just to to bring it all into a bigger topic here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've talked about Visible being a a socially responsible company, a, a you know different face in the industry. Something that we grapple with, and and we certainly talk about as members of the telecommunications industry, is how perhaps homogenous it, it can be, right? So, you know, it's great to, to speak with you, a, a, a female um, president and CEO, someone who's worked up uh, the ranks, as you said, in, in telco, and also someone that, uh, you know, has that marketing background, right? So we, we hear a lot about, well, let's get more, um, you know, um, w- women, young women, let's get more um minorities involved in STEM, but there's obviously here a story is, well, you don't have to be an engineering minded individual to get involved in in making a difference in the sector. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what your, your views uh, are on that, you know, as part of, you know, even your legacy perhaps. Um, But how can we as an industry create more opportunity um, to make a more, I don't know if, equitable or more, you know, heterogeneous talent pool and leadership pool uh, for the future? I love the question. And I also love um, where we're, where we're seeing some progress being made. I'm sure it's certain it's never fast enough. Um, But I also like the context of the marketing angle because I never really get to answer that. (laughs) You know, women in, in, in marketing in, in a tech field, that's not a technologist by trade. Um, and I, I think there is a role for that too. Um, and how even finance is the other side. It's usually either a finance or a tech person that usually is in, in the CEO role. And all that's so critical. Marketing is critical too. Selling the story of who you are, especially in an industry that has a lot of competition that looks somewhat similar in aspects is probably one of the more critical things that we do. So you have to have the, the product and the fundamental under, underlying it. But then how do you tell that, that story? Um, and you know, for me, I think the more women we see in leadership roles like this, you see more leader women with massive success in leadership roles like this leads to more women getting leadership roles like this. It's just funny how it happens that way and how long we've probably left roles on the table that could have driven much more value for, for companies because people weren't seen as capable. And the moment someone's in the role seen as capable doing and Verizon, I would say stands very atop on this. You know, you have Tammy Irwin that leads our absolutely our business group. Um, you got Manon um, Briette that leads our consumer group. So the, the two largest divisions or the two major divisions of Verizon are led by women. Neither one of them are technologists by trade either. And and both of them I I have as mentors and friends and I think, wow, what what did a what a standing that Verizon takes in the industry that not enough do. Um, and then having me leading a, another one of the business groups under Manon. And I, I think it's exciting. Um, and I also think that, look, if I could encourage young women, and I've spent a lot of my personal time, whether it be on the board of the Lori Sight Girls Club in New York for the last nine years prior to me moving to Denver recently, but focusing on saying, yeah, STEM is the right way to go. I mean, by the way, if you're creative and you're a marketer, there, you can be in technology in many different roles. And I, we also focused on STEAM, like science, technology, engineering, art, and math, because I also think there's a real role for that. 
But I do think that a lot of where the industries are going and where everybody, the, the career opportunities are in STEM and to see young girls kind of s- separate themselves out of it too early is a passion point for me. Even if that wasn't my path, I hope we can encourage more young, uh, young girls to go into STEM fields. Um, but there are ways to get into STEM fields that aren't technology based. And I think that's my path. And, and um, you know, look, as a marketer, you also have to understand product. And I think um, one of the parts about marketing we sometimes forget is it's not just the promotional side. It's not just the advertising side. It is pricing. It is financially based. It is understanding the products and services and meeting customer needs and going to develop things that do that. And um, I think there's a role for the broader part of marketing um, just in business leadership. One of the other things I was going to add about not only being a a woman, um, in tech and certainly a leader in that, that space, but thinking about the last couple of years, the, the changes we've all had to make and how we work and, you know, how women have actually taken, um, a kind of a step back in that. And which I think has been really unfortunate, but at the same point, I think the pandemic has taught me and I think taught a lot of, a lot of others. And I hope it turns into a being a positive is the ability to be more flexible in work structures. So during the pandemic with kids at home and school and a lot of choices that families had to make, it was unfortunate that I think more women had to take step backs in their, uh, take uh, steps back in their career, but maybe going forward, it's a moment that we can say we can be more flexible with work uh, environments. We are, you know, in tech, oftentimes limiting ourselves to these kind of markets that are tech centers and, you know, whether it's diverse talent, um, you know, younger talent, um, women, like there are markets that we probably are leaving an untapped talent because we're not hiring. And so for visible, we're going into a hybrid, um, environment now starting in April, but we have expanded, um, from where we were really centralized in Denver to like six different markets that we're really focused on, but it very much a hybrid. We're remote first with, still wanting to have these kind of cultural moments to come into the office and get to know people, you know, more on a one-to-one and human level. But I think that could be really game changing for how we hire and how we think about the talent pool and, and, and sp- spreading that out beyond, you know, um, San Francisco and New York as an example. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point, especially, you know, making this a nationwide, you know, it's not just about those big uh, talent hubs or big cities, right? You have to give opportunity wherever people are. And, and hopefully, as you say, these uh, working from home and hybrid models will, will enable that. Um, well, Angie, suffice it to say, thank you so much for your time. I, I found this conversation to be fascinating. I can't wait to follow the visible story from from the outside here um and uh, and i hope to have you back for for an update uh, at some point soon it'd be great to hear how you guys get on i would love that alejandra and we can uh we can actually maybe have our songs uh for both angie from the rolling stones and alejandra <laughs> from lady gaga be our in and out uh, music for our podcast how's that exactly i was gonna say this is a, a a voice note here for our producers to go out and and search and pay for the rights of those probably rather expensive songs uh of alejandro by lady gaga and angie by rolling stones but i think that would be from our marketing brains here angie i think you'd agree that it'd be money very well spent right so we I can close out with that Thank you for having me. Thanks, Angie. Have a great, uh, great day, and we look forward to having you again. Take care.